It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like Sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, hello, good evening and welcome. And welcome to More Over Podcast. Something to do with the Southwest and rugby. Russ usually does that bit. He's not here. It's, uh, it's me, it's Ben. I'm presenting tonight, so this could be a shambles. And Ooh. Phil is currently in Cape Town, uh, which means it's just me and, and, and the lensman t- tonight. Um, so, so Doug's here. Evening, Hello. Mate. Hello. And for any, any one of our regular listeners uh, that feels the need to ask why they haven't been invited, it's because we couldn't be fucked to be organised. Yeah, we've pretty much knocked this together in about an hour. So... Um, we couldn't be bothered getting older of any of you, really. Um, so in terms of what we're going to do today, we, uh, we decided to reach back into the archives and look at a classic, which was the uh, Amaga line episode where Doug and Russ went through the uh, fly halves in the league um, using a player as the bang average mark. Um, so we're going to do that again. And because I've been put in charge, we're going to do fullbacks and um, we're going to work through the fullbacks in the league and um, we'd like to think we've got a structure, but it will pretty soon break the structure, I think. Um, and we have set the line. Well, I had one player in mind and Doug had another and on my list, they're right next to each other. So in true 1920s diplomacy style, we're going to call it the Hammersley Furbank line. <laughs> Hammersley Furbank. Uh, that sounds like a uh, magic circle law firm. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, like a, a Victorian novel with two magicians. <laughs> um, so, um, so Doug, we give we're a bit saying... of background on why we've chosen fullbacks, Ben, and why you you um, think that it's the most interesting position to judge. Well, I think yeah. So, so th- there's a practical reason in terms of um, prep and and just brevity of the podcast in that you can only play one full back at once so they tends to be less in a squad so a bit like fly halves or scrum halves you can you can get through it a little bit quicker um but also it's it's where i've 
pretty much always played. Um, so it's a position that hopefully we might talk a bit of sense about. And also, you know, it, it's part of the spine of the team. And um, there's a lot of different skills involved at fullback where you can kind of, all, all, you know, compare players against each other in different ways. So some are more attacking, some are more defensive, some are better kickers, some are better runners. And um, I think it's an interesting contrast between some of these players as well that we can look at. Probably you'll find my bias will go towards the more solid and uh, dependable fullbacks, whereas I, I should think Doug might have a bit more of an attacking bias going on. Um, but we'll see as we go along. Um, anything you want to add to that, mate? Um, well, I think the hardest thing to judge these fullbacks by nowadays is the fact that um, it doesn't seem to be that a lot of coaches actually put stock in having a specialist. It's, um, it seems to be de rigueur at the moment to pick multifaceted skill set players. And a bit like, I think it's a bit like a wicket keeper in cricket in that a really good fullback can save you points and make you points as a w- really good wicket keeper can save runs and take wickets. But you can have someone in there that's average that will just do a job. And really, you can get away with it except in glaring instances, which is why Daly played there for a long time because teams wanted him on the field because of his skill set, not necessarily because of his skill set at that position. Uh, Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, Doug. You've put that a lot better than I I ever could. Um, So, um, yeah, I think... It is a position that players are fill, uh, you know, you can fill in, and a lot of teams are doing it because once you get past around um, the thirteen starters and probably about seven more, you are then looking at teams where they're they're putting a either a utility back or a perhaps a fly half in at fullback, certainly as their second choice. Um, you know, you players that I haven't put in my list that could easily play fullback is as someone like Noel um, or maybe. Um, Maitland at Saracens, yeah. but I, I, I don't think you would class either of those as fullbacks. Um, you know, you could easily see um, Dan Bigger doing a, a really good job at fullback as well. Um, but, you know, I think we've seen from the Six Nations that having a specialist there does help. I also think, I was thinking about this as we made the list, it's not a position where, uh, if you look back through England's history, where you would say they've had a huge number of sort of absolute top class fullbacks over the years if you if you looked at um you know wales you you could draw a straight line back from liam williams through half penny perhaps almost all the way back to jpr williams where you know they would have an outstanding player there all the time whereas i think england have made do a, a few times over the last few years and you know um even the world cup side you had two players who could interchange between the wing and and at fullback so it is interesting that maybe uh, England haven't had as many as, say, Australia or South Africa have over the years, but um, maybe we've got a couple on this list. So, so Doug, we, I've got uh, Hammersley at number 14, and I've okay. got Furbank at number 15. So, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Uh, well, you've obviously got more than me because I've got Furbank, Hammersley as uh, 12, 13. Okay, so so actually we're pretty close there, aren't we? Yeah. So below there, I've got um, what I would say are quite a few youngsters um, where we've probably perhaps not got enough 
um, evidence, or certainly I haven't seen enough of them to um, to sort of judge. Uh, so I've got the likes of Hodge from Exeter, um, Arundel from London Irish, um, and then Heward and Penny from um, Newcastle, Newcastle and Worcester. Um, I've seen Hodge quite a bit, and I think he's definitely a work in progress. Um, but he does have a good step, and he's he's going to be a good attacking player. Um, but at the moment, I, I think you know he's definitely in the sort of lower half of our table. Um, Arundel, yeah. I've only really seen him against um, you know age group opposition where he's looked really good. Um, but a few of uh, a few of the um, bits of feedback I've got on him as perhaps he's not the best defender as yet. Um, have you seen much of either of those, Doug? We've seen a bit of Hodge. I uh, did a, quite a bit. I was working on the under 20s. I think he was in the last year that Sky had the under 20s. He was the fullback. And I mean, he's grown a little bit since then, but he, you say what you like. Um, if you've got Ben Earl running or, a, a, you know, if somebody makes a line break and Hodges your last line of defence, um, he's going to get trucked, isn't he? He's going to get yeah blown away. Which so it, I mean, it depends what you want from your fullback because I equally saw him play for Exeter against Saints and he scored some, or he made some amazing breaks and and did some really good stuff. Scored a brilliant try. So it's, I, I guess it depends what you want from your fullback. Um, I'm not convinced about him in the air either. I think in competitions for the air, just his size goes against him because he's, he, he doesn't have a commanding presence. As yeah, some of the players will come on to later. He's, he just, he's quite, know. quite lightweight, isn't he? Yeah. Um, um, so, so yes. Yeah, so I think, you know, those youngsters that they're, they're in a position where they could easily sort of move up the, you know, our league table and, and become, you know, much, much higher rated. And there's a lot of promise in a lot of them. Um, we spoke about the sort of um, utility or, you know, or the, the backs that can fill in at, at fullback. And I think if, you, if you're looking at, I mean, it won't be a spoiler to suggest that Leicester and Bristol are probably their first choices are near the top of both our lists. But, you know, once those players aren't playing, you know, both teams are kind of filling in a little bit, aren't they? You've got Leicester yeah. might use Burns or Hegarty. Bristol might use maybe Lloyd or, or Morahan or someone like that. And I think... I think, you know, they, I think they've used Sheedy as well this year, haven't they? Yeah, I think they probably have. And I think, you know, that is quite a drop down in either case, isn't it? And, um, you know, yeah, you're going... I think... Yeah. You, yeah you're doing uh, what we spoke about earlier in that you're... Yeah. It's, it's that, that old conversation that we had about 500 times when we talk about Eddie Jones is... Um, selections in that you're weakening two positions to shoehorn a player you like into a squad. Yeah. Which I think any number of premiership teams are guilty of doing at this position. Yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, part of that is probably down to budgets where they're, you know, trying to make do. And, um, you know, if, if you are paying Charles Piatel, you want to play him at fullback as often as you can, I'd imagine. Um, as often as his body will allow. Uh, exactly exactly so um 
we've mentioned uh, Furbank, Doug. Yeah. So um, Saints have got two fullbacks. Who, as far as I can see, fairly similar in style. You've got Furbank and Freeman. Yeah, they're, um, um, they're very uh, Chris Boyd players. Yes, they're 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 more of the winger side of fullback, aren't they? I think both of them. Well, um, actually, I, do you know what I? I think uh, um, Tommy Freeman isn't far away from being a complete article. I think if he if he had a bit more experience, if he had a couple more years under his belt, or at least one more season under his belt. I'd say he'd be knocking on the door. He 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 got injured at the beginning of the season when he and he started the season like a train. Um, got injured and he's just coming back now. I'd say that in him and Stewart, with the future at fullback is is very very secure for England. I mean, interestingly, they both came from come from Leicester. And we, we got we picked. Um. Freeman up from Leicester when they released him, and you can see why they released him. It, you know, they, both players would have wanted to play rugby, and and yeah. they put their eggs in one basket, and Saints benefited from the other. So, I I I'm more of a Freeman fan than a than a Furbank fan. I I just think he offers more. He's better defensively, in my opinion. He he has more about him attacking as well, and I think that's ultimately. He's just not quite as big as Stewart, but ultimately, I think there will be a conversation about who should be in that shirt, and the argument will be about well, Stewart does X and Freeman does Y. I just don't think he's quite there yet. No, so so really, Doug, you've answered my question. My question was going to be which one would you fall on the side of, but you, you've you've already you've already said well, that. Yeah, because, I'm assuming I mean, you Furbank's blunted by the fact that he's. You know, what is he now? Is he a ten? Is he a? He's played yeah. bloody wing. He's he's played at fullback. Yeah, I've seen I, him. I'm a, I've seen him in the centres at Saints. Yeah, for sure. I'm assuming you're not going to throw me a curveball and say you're still a Tuala man. No, he's. Um, there's only one player below him in my list, and that would be Jacob Umanga. Yeah, um, the worst player in the Premiership. <laughs> well. That's, there's there there is a colour truly nailed to a mast there, um, <laughs> so um, yeah my I think I'm with you I think Freeman I, I've not seen as much of him as Fur, Furbank but I think he does look a little bit more solid. Most of the games I've seen him he's been on the wing but you know he's he's shown shown up well there. Um, Furbank, you know obviously you don't get the full view of him from those two England performances that spring to mind against France but what what concerned me in those games was how far away from the ball he was with the ones he missed you know you know those those volleys look look good on a highlight reel but that was because he was nowhere near catching them um so I think I'm with you there I think Freeman is the um is is the pick of the two so actually that that perhaps gives us our structure so I I've got Freeman as my number 11 okay so should we work should we work through our top 10s uh, where have I, well, I've got Freeman slightly higher than you. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you go through so, top tens, that makes sense. Yeah. So, Who my 10 is, so my 10 is uh, a little bit of a, a throwback and it, it's probably, it's probably a year out of date, but I've still got Mike Brown there. 
Um, I've got him much higher. Yeah, I think he's definitely passed his best, um, but he's a solid, you know, he's a solid fullback. He's he's still competitive as anything. And, you know, under a high ball, for a long time, he was the best English fullback under a high ball. Um, I think he was always a bit underrated in attack. He's not the quickest, but he used to he, pop well, up for his fair share of tries. And... So often, didn't he? That was his. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, just, he was he was good at staying Yeah, he was good at staying on his feet, but he was perhaps almost you know, perhaps his aggression got the better of him at times and he, he would maybe like you say, run into dead ends. Um so you've got him higher as well, Doug, have you? So you've got him Uh I've got him at seven. Okay. Which um so... Yeah. What well, who's your ten then? Um Piertel. Peter out at 10. Yeah, okay. I can tell so by is, your is that... reaction that you're not all right with that. Yeah, is that a value for money pick? But it's a value for money thing. And also, I'm not overly... I'm just not convinced by him. I'm just not convinced. I, I think he, again, loves running into corners. He gives away a lot of penalties. From what I've... from In the games I've watched, he gives away a ton of penalties. Um he knocks a ball on a lot and yeah, I just, I don't think he's on the pitch enough to be anywhere near mm. the top of the list. And he must be costing an absolute ass ton of money. Yeah. I mean, he definitely is, isn't he? I mean, he was, he, he was the sort of poster boy for an, uh, a very expensive Bristol player until Radrada came and um, took the crown, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I have got him higher just on pure ability. Um, I, I've got him much higher to that. I'll, What's the best ability, you... Ben? Availability. Availability, mate. Yeah, that is a that is an NFL drafter cliche <laughs> if ever I've heard one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I take all your points aboard, and I think when you invested this with fly halves, you definitely took the sort of value for money and the players being away for international duty as as um as part of the process didn't you yeah um i have got him i've got him higher just because you know of what he can do and you know ball in hand he's on this list he's he's the by far the most talented i think um so for that reason i have put him a little bit higher um so in my number nine um i've got um I've got Dolly Parton from from London Irish. Again, um, I think you've uh, you've shut the bed there. That I think you've got a bit <laughs> low on that one. You can but have again, him higher. Would you come at this from different different directions? Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, my reasoning on that is, whenever I've seen him, I've been really impressed, but I haven't seen enough of him. Right. Uh, but I've se- what I've seen of him compared to Hodge has been really positive. Um, yeah. So so I've got him up there. He's another one with sort of room to rise. Um, so Doug, you, you rate Parton? Is that that's oh, what yeah, I'm getting definitely. here? He's he's um, he reminds me of a lot of Stuart Hogg the way Hogg played in his prime. Mm. He's got that sort of quick twitch, getting into gaps, finding you know running laterally, and then 
hitting a hole really quickly, a bit like an NFL running back. Yeah. Um, he solid under the high ball, but he's also got he's really good distributor. So quite often he'll pop up on a line in the centres and, and link play to the outside. And he's got a solid kicking game and um, he works really hard as well. So, yeah, I think he's, um, again, another player that is probably unfortunate to not be mentioned more in England. I, th- I think there's a lot of those London Irish players that are a bit unfancied, really. But um, Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Player in my book. And that back three with um, Hassel Collins and Loder is, is, is dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that the the point you raised there is perhaps another reason why there's fewer fewer fullbacks than perhaps you might think is that a lot of teams like them to come in as a distributor. Um, you know, in the way that um, you know Good used to do for, for Saracens a lot, and um, you know sometimes they'll they'll sacrifice the uh, the the old sort of classic skills and, and and have a distributor in which again is is a reason for daily playing so often for England at fullback yeah um well, you had I actually had Parton at number four did you okay yeah. so you've got him high I mean I think that is don't, with... don't forget he's, he's always available yeah so if I mean looking, I think that's if you're looking to start a team you want someone that's just below England level and um that that's him to a T really he's 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 mentioned in the England setup but never quite gets there and is free for every game basically yeah I think that's absolutely fair and uh you know like I say he's he's definitely gonna be a um one that might go up the list a little bit um I'm sure that I'm sure all these fullbacks are listening re- intently to find out where they are on the list and well, where we think so. they're gonna if, go as well if they find themselves too low on the list they should bloody work harder exactly yeah Arrogant. um yeah Train harder. Yeah. <laughs> be better if you want to be higher on my list. Yeah. If you want to impress us two no-hopers, you better yeah, get, exactly. get some extra hours in. Um, all right. So, okay. Eight o'clock. Uh, eight o'clock. Number eight. Number I've, eight. Um, I've gone similar, really. Uh, a younger player um, who, you know, is coming through. He's playing pretty regularly. Um, whenever I've seen him, he's, he's made ground. Um, it's Luke James, Sale. Okay, um, I had him quite a long way down the list. Okay. Well, I'll say a long way down the list. I had him below Hammersley and Furbank, so he was 13. Okay. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, Hammersley would be, he would have been first choice at the start of the season, wouldn't he? Um, yeah. I think Hammersley is one of those players that looks like he should be terrible, but is actually pretty good. I think it's um, because of his haircut. Could well be. Genuinely, um, I think his haircut just makes yeah. him look shit. Yeah, haircut. Um, you don't even have to train better. Yeah, and he's quite sort of uh, willowy, isn't he? And yeah. um, but but actually, he's pretty effective. He's pretty decent under a high ball. Um, runs the ball well. Um, you know, I had him in the middle just because he's um, he's pretty good at everything, but he's probably not outstanding at anything either. Yeah. Um, I like James, you know, whenever I've seen him play, he's probably been um, one of the sparks for sale. Um, you know, if you take out the two very expensive internationals they've got in the backs, he it probably is the one that makes the most happen. Um, he, I have seen him perhaps uh, run down a few blind alleys a few too many times, um, but he's another one I think might have um, 
you know potential to grow um a little bit um so you've got him a lot lower doug yeah um just because well a i haven't seen enough of him b his second choice at his club or i perceive him to be second choice at his club whether or not he is is up for debate um and you can't have the second choice above the first choice and the second choice and the first choice is 11th. So, um, or 12th, sorry, behind Fairbank. So yeah, yeah. that, that's just, uh, he's a victim of circumstance in that regard. I yeah. probably, if he became first choice, it'd it move above, you'd maybe crack the top 10. That's a good, there's yeah. some good players in that top 10 though. There is. I, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll run through my 10 because yeah. I'd imagine we'll probably be roughly the same. And then any that I've missed, you can put me right. And um, we will probably have talked long enough about fullbacks then for, for anybody. For anybody. Um, yeah. yeah. I, probably talking about fullbacks, I'm probably the limit. So if I'm bored, we'll have to stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got the hour for you on um, Freddie Stewart to come, haven't we? So Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the, there'll be no surprise that he's in the top 10. <laughs> Um, so I have a feeling my next four or five will disagree with yours a little bit because okay. they're going to fail the value for money test, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, so, yeah. So seven, I've got Max Malins. Uh, well, again, second choice fullback at his club. Can't put him above the first choice. And if I put him above the first choice, It'd be number one. So <laughs> there you go. He's um, I th- an absolute Rolls Royce of a player. I yeah. can't find the video where I said uh, before the last Lions tour it was, and we all said yeah. if we could have one you player did. from a squad to improve the team we supported, who would it be? And I picked Max Malins for Northampton. And um, he is... Yeah, he's just different class wherever he plays. He, he he seems to nothing seems to phase him. Nothing, you know. He, he seems like the perfect player to have in a team. Um, Max, I need you to play outside centre today. Okay, boss. Yeah, yep, I'll play there. Not only am I going to play there, I'm probably going to be the best outside centre on the pitch. Yeah, so that's the kind of player yeah. he is. I think when he played at um, fullback for England. Um, which was probably only a game and a bit, but he looked pretty good. Um, he was decent under the high ball, not not perfect, but decent. And when he's played on the wing for England, he's done pretty well um, in the fullback type. Uh, you know, chase chasing kicks, catching high balls. Um, you know, his his defense is is pretty good as well. And and I agree with you. Like as a rugby player, he's really he's really high up on the list. Um, for com- for completeness, I've got Daly down at thirteen. So, um, of the two sort of Saracens players that could fill it, fill in at fullback, um, I've got him higher. I, I I really rate Daly as a rugby player as well, but I just don't think he is a fullback. Um, you know, obviously in a in a Premiership game against maybe the lower like half the, of the league is going to fill in there. Conversation has been had enough that we don't need to go over that. Yeah, quite right, quite right. Um, so yeah, so so I got Malins at seven. Then at number six, I have got a player that if he gets a new contract somewhere, will probably be on about a hundred thousand pounds a game. Um, 
because he plays so few games. Um, I've got Anthony Watson. At what place, sorry? Six. Okay, I've got him at eight because of his availability. Yeah. Uh, to me, until, until Stewart came through, I think Watson was the best bet for England at fullback. Um, he's not perfect under the high ball. Um, and sometimes perhaps his positioning can be a little bit off. But a loose kick in Anthony Watson's hands is danger. He's pro- perhaps the most electric player on this list. Um, you know, and, and some runbacks he's done have, have, been, have been fantastic. I think you, you're absolutely right. You know, availability-wise for a club, you've, he's injury-prone now. And also, if he's not injured, he could well be playing for England. And the other thing that counts against him is he's such a fantastic winger um, yeah. that you could, you, you know, you could easily play him on the wing and play someone else at fullback and, um, you know, get just as much out of him. Yeah, I mean, you you summed it up all that, all of it up there. Um, you you have to question though why Bath would renew his contract when they've got Phil de Glanville there that you know value for money pick up pick up somebody else develop somebody else save yourself a couple of hundred grand get a South African prop build the squad yeah or have Watson who might be available because if if he is free and he goes injury free he's going to be picked for England so he's not going to be available so you're probably only going to get 10 games out of him and the problem Bath have is that when he is fit it's normally coincides with England duty and he comes back from England duty knackered doesn't play for Bath, gets fit, plays well two games for Bath, then gets picked for England again. So yeah, it, it, their their squad build building sort of ethos is completely out of whack with where the league's heading. And I think they've they've got to address that. But that's a that's a different different kettle of fish. Well, there's um, there's talk of him going to Leicester, isn't there? Um, Ooh, have, is it, have they not confirmed that he's staying? Um, I know they've confirmed a few. I know they've confirmed Joseph, right. um, but um, but it would you know either move would make sense. You know, staying at Bath on, yeah. on a decent wedge. The, the the problem that the RFU are going to have soon is that a lot of these players are going to realise that they can make their England money in France and not have to work with Eddie Jones. If I was any one of these players that are being sort of handcuffed to an English team contract because they're in the England setup. I'd be thinking I'd, I'd basically be doing what what um Mercer's done. Because he's thought, well screw it. If I get picked for England six, seven times, I can make that money going to play in France. And and to me that would be the best bet for Watson, go and play in France. I think if a lot of players just decided we we're just going to go and do it and put the RFU in a position where they have to think about well we need to think about this playing in England to to be picked for England thing. I think they'd force the hand of the RFU and, and a lot of players would make a lot more money than they're making. Well, I, th- I think there's probably a few, quite a few England players, perhaps of Watson's age, where it, it won't be long before something like that happens. Whether it, whether they all sort of hold out for the next World Cup, maybe, I don't know. But, you know, that, that probably that whole bat line um, of five years ago is probably... Perhaps yeah. take the Saracens players out of that, and they're, they're probably all working their way towards that eventually. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I think that sorry, we're, we're digressing, but you know, 
the RPA have to stand up for their players more. And I think that this that this whole England players have got to live in work in England um, is a labour issue that I think if the RPA chose to fight it, they could make their members a lot of money. But they <laughs> seem to be a, a body that um, exists for PR and likes rather than the actual benefit of their players. Anyway, rant over. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, so back to the list. Um, right, at five, I've got a player who is in, in decline, I think, um, and, and hasn't, to me, really set the, the world on fire at Exeter, and uh, that's Stuart Hogg. Um, yeah. I think he definitely failed the value for money option, um, but, you know, he's got a lot of credit in the bank in terms of, ability and you know on his day he is you know real danger um as as you've already said I think Exeter probably got hold of him in the hope that uh the little bit of stardust he could provide would get them further in Europe and well they won the double yeah I was gonna say you have to say that's worked um but I just you know, I think, you know, he is a star, but he's starting to get a little bit tarnished now. Um, I think someone said a couple of weeks ago, maybe his, his pace has just dropped a little bit. Um, he was always good under the high ball without being um, What What you've got perfect. to ask is, is his drop in pace linked to his gain in hairline? <laughs> yes. Because they seem well, to, to be less aerodynamic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so, you know, I've got him this high, just, you know, uh, what can only be described as a world-class player but you know I have not to the degree perhaps that you and and Russ did in the last time but I've I've given it a bit of a value for money sort of shake up as well and also I've, I've never been as big a fan as some others have been of Hogg I think he's a very good player but I, you know he never never started for the um of very rarely started for the Lions in tests. And I think that says a little bit. Uh, I I think that the last three Lions tours will be judged pretty harshly in 50 years, if rugby's still a thing. <laughs> Which it may not be. <laughs> well, quite. Um, I, I just, yeah. I, I don't think you can judge. A lot of players should have got Lions caps that didn't. Um, Dylan Hartley, for one when they called up Christian Dacey instead of Dylan Hartley, which was an absolute atrocity. But, um, yeah, I think... Uh, I, I think Hogg probably... I mean, Liam Williams is an exceptional player, but, you know, Hoggy is every bit... or was every bit as good. I'm not sure he still is. No. I think... Uh, I think Williams was a was a very Gatland selection picking him over Hogg. I think they were very close in ability, but Williams was better at the defensive aspect. He was a better a better well Williams uh, was from Wales. I and think a, that's the end. And, that's well, the yes. of it. and I think he was he was uh, probably better slightly better un, under the high ball as well. And as you say, he was Welsh, so that was perhaps the deciding vote. Yeah. Um, but you know. Exeter, well, you've said it, they've had a lot of success with him. So you can't 
you can't write that off as a sign-in. Um, my number four, from, from a little throwaway comment you made earlier, I think you might have him at two. Um, Alex Good? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm yet to be so convinced that there's a... a uh... A, be- a better a better player that's been well I'm not convinced he's still not the best fullback we've got and I include Stuart in that um, but I don't think there's ever been a player that's been treated as badly by England as as um, Alex Good. I, I think I think he is an excellent player um, he's he could well be the cleverest player on this list um, you know, he can easily, he's, he's a fullback for sure, but he could do a job at 10 or, and he does do a job at 10 if you need him. Um, positioning's great. Um, makes a lot of tries, uh, really good footwork in, in closed spaces and probably one of the most decorated rugby players of all time at club level. Um, yeah, Jones gave him one game against Fiji, didn't he? And yeah. I think he dropped. I think he dropped a ball after probably five minutes and that, that was it. He just kind of wrote him off. I think one of the best performances I've seen by an England fullback was, was good in Dublin in a hurricane, probably about, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. Right. He didn't drop a He didn't drop a thing. Um, it was a, it was a, it was, it was, you know, like a 12, nine game, you know? Um, and, and he was absolutely fantastic that day. Um, so so there is not a lot wrong with his um, ability under pressure and, and, you know, in, in the tough conditions and, uh, you know, it, with the ball in the air, but I think he got a, a reputation for it. Um, he might not um, dominate the space. You know, we we said before about um, the very best at that do sort of dominate the space. Whereas I think dude being slightly smaller, maybe doesn't do that as much, but his hands were so good. He, he could usually get away with it. Mm. Um, that'd be, that'd be my sort of summary of that. Um, so yeah, I'm really high on him as well. Um, have you got anything else you want to add to that or? Have I gone no, I enough? just, you know, that I, I can't see how there are two or even three better fullbacks than him in England at the moment. And it, it goes back to Jones. He makes this thing about saying that play, players have, have got to be in their cycle. They've, they've got to be. He wants a young squad, and but then he picks Joe Marler every bloody week. So, <laughs> what's the excuse for not picking the, the the most consistently good fullback in the Premiership for the last decade? Probably. Um, even when he was picking Mike Brown, it should have been Alex Good. I, I just don't get it. I probably never. I, I, th- I think, I mean, we, we, we promise not to talk about daily, but I think, you know, picking daily there was almost a sort of attempt to find a good kind of player that wasn't good mm. because good's got a very good kicking game, a smart kicking game, which to be fair, daily does as well. Um, but, you know, good can fill in at 10 in, you know, or become a second receiver. That's what, that's what he was looking for when he picked daily. And yeah. but Good, even when they were at the same club, Good was the one being picked in the big games to do a fullback, unless Farrell was injured and they needed a ten. So yeah. um yeah, totally agree. Absolutely outstanding player. Um I, we've already covered number three. I I I've got Pierre Tau there. So um, well, I've, 
Yeah, I've got uh, Tyrone Green. Okay, so I've got Green lower than that. I've got him out of the top 10 at 12. And, and we're going to have to speak about him or, or Eddie will have a fit. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Eddie's probably already warming up the response podcast to this. <laughs> um, so um, I, uh, I, I, I've got him lower um, purely based on, on some games last season where, um, where, where Quinn's won games, but they were winning them quite, uh, in shootouts, there was one against Bath and, and and a couple more around the end of the season, and he got exposed a little bit in defence. Um, I think you know Eddie's right, and you'll probably ag- agree with him that in attack with the ball in hand, he is brilliant. You know, he's he's really fast and 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 does you know score some fantastic tries and 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 create a lot. I've just wor- you know worry about him defensively um contested balls in the air he's usually pretty good it's it's the it, almost the easier ones he drops sometimes um and you know he's he's a very successful player in a very successful team and and i haven't got him you know miles down the list i've just got him a spot below freeman who we've we've already said is uh, a potential england international you know for a long time to come um but yeah i am dropping him down there but uh you're going to disagree well yeah again uh availability 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 and he he complements i think the other two quinn's back three players in that he's a bit of a harder runner than either of them with the ball um and his support lines to those players seem to is it, there, there's a lot of tries that seem to be green to Merley or Merley Merley to uh, green or the other you know the other way round. I think mm. as part of a back three he works, you know, he links the back three quite well. Um, there are obviously defensive liabilities, but he's available every game, and that that makes up for a lot of fallibilities. In my book, that's quite an interesting back three, isn't it? If if um, if you pick Merley and um, uh, Liner as your wingers, um, that's two pretty big wingers with a smaller fullback, um, which is not something you see all the time. Usually, you, you usually have a bigger winger and a, a faster winger, don't you? Whereas yeah. those two are both big and pretty fast. Um, so I think you know maybe. Uh, they feel they can get away a little bit with with his defensive um, frailties there with those two, and and they quite often put um, Marchant in the, in the wing as well, don't they? So yeah. Um, so yeah, so so it's it's almost like they've built the team a little bit to um, to use him to his best. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, right number two, you're going to accuse me of a home pick here. Uh, but I've got the Glanville. I mean, that's ludicrous, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even the best fullback at Bath. I, I, I genuinely think he is. I think he's a brilliant fullback. He's really good under the high ball, and he's defensively really sound. Um, I think he's a good, good footballer, and I really rate him. Um, I think. If I was to pick a first 15 for Bath with everyone fit, I'd pick him at 15 and Watson on the wing. 
Mm. Um, you know, I've got him higher than Pierre Tau and Gude because I started to think about value for money at the top of the order. Um, so, you know, he's younger and um, at the moment not um, in the England squad. Um, he has been in squads in the past because I believe he got in trouble during COVID um, with some senior players against Barbarians. But um, yeah, it's just a player I do rate and, and it may be, you know, he plays for Bath, so I've seen a lot more of him. Um, but I would say, you know, in, he, he probably broke into the side uh, probably six months before Stewart did uh, for Leicester. And until Stewart came along, I was like, well, that's, that's the best young player under a high ball I've seen in a long time. Um, and you know, that's, that's not to be sniffed at. Um, and I do think he's definitely a sound, you know, sounded defense and, you know, makes a lot of ground in attack as well. Um, have you seen much of him, Doug, or? I've seen a few games of him. Um, I've yet to be, I've yet to see anything that justifies the hype because there's a lot of hype. So talking of hype, yeah, I've got uh, number one. Um, anyone that's ever listened to this podcast will probably not be surprised that I've gone with Freddie Stewart. Um, without going too much into it, um, we've spoken about dominating in the air, and and he is the, almost the dictionary definition of it. Um, usually, he's coming from deep, gets off the ground early, and because he's so big people just get out of the way and, and, you know, hands wise, he's as near to perfect as we've, you know, as we've got and probably have had for a long time. Um, you know, I've seen a try in the European game where he chased a kick, managed to get hold of it and then used his size to offload out of a tackle. So that's an, uh, you know, added bonus to his game. Um, he's not the quickest, which as, as uh, anyone who's seen me play will know I sympathize with. Um, and that's probably his only real weakness is, is maybe a, a lack of outright pace, but, you know, reading the game should make up for that. And, and what he's in the team for is that ability in the air. And, you know, I think teams are already avoiding kicking at him. Do you think, I mean, obviously there's a lot of kicking in the game at the moment. Um, do do you think having someone like Stewart who makes the opposition think about what they're doing with their kicking game gives you an advantage or do you just think well, teams just won't kick to him or just you know kick someone else i think um any time you take an option away from the opposition it's a bonus and if that option is the box kick which teams use so often then you know that's even better. And, you know, even if it takes out a type of box kick, which is maybe the longer one, the fullback comes for rather than the one that lands on top of the winger. But, you know, I th- the other thing with, with a fullback is that if a fullback that solid is great for your team's forwards because they know that they're not going to have to run back 50 metres for a scrum all the time, you know, it forwards love a dependable fullback and and I think you know that that's that's a big advantage as well. Um 
and you can you can just commit your wingers a little bit more as well mm. with with a very you know a, a solid presence at the back. I think it is a real bonus, and you know Australia had sort of um, you know a run of good fullbacks where you know they were good attackers but also very solid under the high ball, and that helped them out a lot. Um, yeah, and, and he's he's under, a little bit underrated in attack because because of his size, he will make ground. You know, he kind of he's not like uh, Good, where you know he comes in to distribute. You know, in the fly half channel, you can use him as a second fly half. But you know, he just hits that sort of old school fullback line outside the centres and takes a bit of stopping once the ball's got out that wide. Um, I'm just his biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> Chester, um, <laughs> you, you can have a yeah. The the tattoo is yeah. coming, isn't it? Yeah, the, the 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 big tattoo on my stomach and and the room with a a, a Freddie Stewart dummy on the on the chair. It's 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 all going on. Um, so yeah, I'm going to stop talking because we've I've covered this a million times and um, I think we've all seen it on the telly. So so unless you unless you want to um, get you any more glowing than that. Uh, mate, I've I got nothing for you. I mean, the guy's, at the as things stand, the best fullback we've got. I think there's a danger we're sort of building him up too much. Um, he is fairly one-dimensional as a as a rugby player. And yes. ultimately, yeah. ultimately, if you're one-dimensional, it doesn't take a lot to work you out. And so teams will eventually work out what to do with Freddie Stewart. There'll be, I imagine, a lot of trying to manipulate him positionally. Um, so obviously he'll work on that. But I think there are. I just think I think Freeman has the potential to be a better fullback than than Stewart. I think he has more to his game. I, I think the way maybe to negate Stewart a little bit is to let him catch it and then try and turn him over. Yeah, uh, I think that's the way teams will will, will do it. Um, yeah, I mean, the the way I've uh, I, I'm being careful of not of comparing myself to Freddie Stewart here. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but it, the the, the way I've always um, because he's much better than me um, <laughs> by probably a hundred times. But but the way um, that uh, I sort of see a fullback through having played there and being fairly old school stewards my type of player so i'm always probably going to fall on his side and 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 perhaps the glanville falls into that category as well um whereas you know someone like green is is the is is perhaps the prime example here where he's still a fantastic rugby player but he's you know the the things that i would prioritize when assessing a fullback where he falls down a little bit He's he's you know an a, an absolutely um, wonderful attacking threat, but you know in my head the defensive weakness is way heavier than perhaps in in someone else's you know and I think maybe um, that's you know you you probably are looking at the attacking with a bit more weight um, yeah probably and, and you know and it would depend who who takes over as England is England coached where, where they might fall on that. You know, if, if, if it came to a 50-50 between Freeman and Stewart and Warren Gatland was in charge, well, we know where he would go. But, you know, 
like you say, if, if Boyd or someone like that was in charge, then you might see a different, a different result. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've, we've talked through my top 10 and I think we've been, you know, we've, we've probably mentioned all the players in both our top 10. So, so mine was uh, Brown, Parton, James, Malins, Watson, Hogg, Good, Piatau, the Glamble and Stewart. Um, so, so what was yours? Just to just to get it on record, uh, Doug. From from ten, then Piatau, Hogg, Watson, Brown, Freeman, Moyle is the only one we haven't spoken about. Okay. And now he's there basically because he's Premiership through and through, and plays every game, and he's just there. He don't, he never lets. I've never seen him let Gloucester down. He pops up with tries. He's just a, a solid player. Now, it doesn't mean that I think he's in international class, but I think in terms of, you know, ranking the premiership fullbacks, I think there's a lot of weight to that. So, uh, and then top four, Parton, Green, Gude and Stewart. So, um, so there's some, there's some clubs there that haven't got one in either of our, um, either our lists. Well, so, there's 13 uh, clubs, so... Yeah, well, that's true. Um, <laughs> so, um, Wasps is the one that springs to mind. Yeah, because they've got Old Man Miller and the worst yeah. player in the Premiership. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, we've all seen him defend, um, and, and Miller, Miller's been a solid player that's 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 always done his job. But you know, m- maybe another one whose time's passed. Um, you know, and as we say, there's some clubs where there's there's maybe not a clear number two. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know what conclusion we've drawn here. I think perhaps nearly all the names that we've we've um, we've come up with are out and out fullbacks. Uh, I don't think many of the um, bits and pieces players have made their way in there. So I think maybe our podcast favourite Eddie Jones might need to take that in on board you know i think he has now but for a long he's time fam- he was famous maybe... for taking other people's opinions on board yeah um i mean, I mean he's a he's a listener i'm sure but uh, <laughs> yeah so i think we've probably talked about that long enough um i hope i haven't gone on too much um as i promised i would um you got anything you wanted to say about fullbacks doug um no no i think we've said enough so yeah do you have any other business? Um, I watched the season finale of uh, Severed on Apple TV. Uh, Severance, sorry, on Apple TV. And it was absolutely phenomenal. One of the best uh, series of television I've ever watched. So there you go. What, what's that about, mate? Uh, it's a, dis- I wouldn't say dystopian, but it's sort of set in the near future about people who get an implant in their heads and they go to work and they forget about their outside life. So their work life and their home life are completely separate. And intrigue and subterfuge ensue. Dystopian. Not quite dystopian. I don't think, yeah, because it's not dystopian at all, really. But it's worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. And, uh, you know, winning time as well. Cool. Um, so I've already told Doug this, but um, we uh, we were invited to a party where there was a marquee in a field 
and it was suggested we could all camp. Uh, so we took a tent and um, slept in the tent and it was cold when we went to bed. And when we woke up, the tent was actually frozen. And, uh, and uh, the beer keg in the marquee was dripping and the drips had actually frozen uh, all the way down to the ground. Um, and I've never been so cold in my life. So, um, so that's, that's first and possibly last time camping for me. Um, but yeah, happy birthday to, to Georgie, who won't be listening. But uh, yeah, the camping was a rash move. Yeah. Wait, wait for July and August for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, right. So a little bit different to normal, probably a lot more dull. Um, Russ has taken a little bit of time off from um, shouting at people at Twitter to go on holiday. You just shout um, at Americans now. Yeah. Oh, God, he will be as well, won't he? Yeah. I yeah. shouted at a woman um, in the coffee shop this morning. Or Letting a dog lick my ankles. Yeah, that's, that's not on, is it? No, it was, a, it was obviously a puppy, but it was like, I, I yeah. just want, I said to her, can you just stop letting your dog lick my ankles? Oh, he's only a puppy. I don't care. How would you like it if I came up to you and licked your ankles in a coffee shop? Or licked a dog. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just, the, 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 it kind of, there seems to be like this new thing now where people think that their dog is the cutest thing in the world. It's like other people's kids. I just don't care about your dog. Um, as as pa- perhaps Corbel's number one culprit for that, I'm going to keep quiet. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, so yeah, um, Vegas. There, m- there must be some good buffets in Vegas, right? Oh, he'll be getting stuck in. I've absolutely no doubt, no doubt about that. He'll be getting wedged right in. Be like that episode of The Simpsons where he. Uh, Lisa, gets not the steam trays. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so um after some half-hearted um rust baiting i think we'll call that that call that a night and uh hopefully everyone enjoyed it uh give us some feedback on twitter and um we'll see you in well hopefully next week we'll see go well sports social podcast network Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.